Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hey, 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 it's Blaze. This week, we're going to talk about learning new things. So last week, we were talking about how I got this fountain pen and I wanted to learn this old slash new skill of cursive, learning how to have decent, legible handwriting and how that was pretty fun. And, you know, it's, it's doing a lot of great things for me. It's making me think more. It's making me slow down. It's giving me something to do with my hands other than type, which is great. Um, and it's brought beauty, beauty and whimsy into my life. So one of the other things that I often like to do, I, I read a lot, but I also really love languages. And for the past, I'm going to say almost a year now, I've been attempting, not attempting, I am learning Japanese. I'm not doing it fast, but I am learning it. And I wanted to share some of that process because learning a different language so many people tell me like they don't think they can, or it's really hard, or they're having a difficult time. And it's funny, like I have my mom and she's been studying German on Duolingo and she's so far ahead of me. Like she's, I don't know, in like unit five or six or something, like she's fairly far along where you would think, yeah, you could have a conversation with it. And she still feels like the overwhelm that it's hard that it's gotten confusing when it has a sentence that's too complex. The grammar is tough. And I don't know if she's enjoying the process, but she still is dedicated to doing it. So cheers, mom. That's amazing. And I'm proud of you. But I'm wondering why her experience of it seems to be so different from mine. So I've started to wonder about that. And I have several friends that are multilingual, different countries and places where they just learned more than one language from an early age. I know some people who have learned languages later on in life. Um, I know the Duolingo surge has gone on and I guess because I'm in it, I'm noticing that several of my friends have been using that particular app. Um, and for Christmas, my dad was awesome and got me an italki gift certificate where you can actually book time with a native speaker or a teacher of the language that you're learning and have real life back and forth conversation in your chosen language to learn it. And that was hugely helpful, intimidating, but very helpful and fun. So here are some of the things that I do to make learning a new language, I guess, not automatic. I don't want to say automatic because it's just an automatic part of my day. And I do that with any kind of skill that I'm really wanting to master or I really have a goal for. So for Japanese, I've decided that, you know, I want to get to the point that I can watch or listen to my Japanese anime without having to look at subtitles to actually be able to hear the words and figure out what they mean and enjoy, enjoy the film, enjoy the cinematography as it was meant to be appreciated. And that is going to take me a long time because I am, you know, I'm a year in and I couldn't 
I can't understand half of what's being said. I have such a limited vocabulary, but that's okay because I am learning the concepts. I'm learning the culture. I'm learning how things get put together. I'm starting to be able, like, this is seriously a year in, I'm starting to hear sounds and little nuance in the way words are pronounced that I couldn't even hear a year ago or even a few months ago where I'm like, oh, I see why it's spelled that way. I see what's happening there. I can hear it. It's subtle, but it's there. Huh. And before I could listen to the same person saying the same thing and not have heard that tiny inflection. So some of it is just exposure. I think if you want to learn a language, there's this need to commit to hearing that language a lot, whether you understand what's being said or not. So my attitude with learning just about anything is that it's not about perfection or mastering a skill or any of that. I'm doing it to just figure it out, to see what I can learn about it, to see how it all comes together and see if I can understand it more. So just like if I'm learning a board game or something like that, a new game, my goal is not to win. My goal is to learn the mechanics and the underlying purpose and the reasoning behind everything. And then after two or three or four rounds, now I might have a strategy and I might be going for it to win. But most of the time I'm just there to enjoy it and be present in it and see if I'm understanding the mechanics the way I thought I did. Is that right? So I'm sure the people that listen to me a lot, you know that I, my life is an experiment and I think of almost everything as I'm just going to try something out and see what happens and test my hypothesis and see if I'm right or not. And I'm very not worried about whether I'm right or not. Like I'm so willing to be wrong. (laughs) So, but it works out for me. Like I, if I'm willing to be wrong, I can have a hypothesis go for it. And I'd be like, Oh, that wasn't it. And then just correct from there. But I've learned something in the process and I can take that knowledge with me. So it's the same with board games as it is with languages, is that I go into it to listen and I'm doing the Duolingo and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, but then I'll pair that with listening to a TV show and having the subtitles on or not and seeing what I can hear or seeing the way things are laid out. So one thing I'm noticing about Japanese versus English is our sentence structure is completely flipped generally. And it's not even about that. It's about how the concepts are laid out. It's the way that I think someone that speaks Japanese would analyze or present a situation versus the way someone speaking English, American English would. And now that I know that, I can just look at it as I walk into a room and I want to talk about the room. So I would say, um, in this room, there's these chairs, there's this many of them. (laughs) It is, you know, like the verb is at the end and I'm learning the new information is at the end. There's um, little particles, things that let you know what the word before it means. So is it about the place? Is it about the time? Is it about where something came from? Is it the person doing the thing? Um, what's important has a lot to do with the little, the little tiny word that goes after the word. And that's new. That's not how English does things. I love it. I love it. I'm learning a lot about, you know, how cultures are made around languages or languages are made around cultures, how English is so person-centered. 
I guess. Like it's about the person making things happen or the animal makes something happen and they do it in a place and this is how it is. And I think my impression so far of Japanese is that things exist and stuff happens and that's what you're discussing. And I'm assuming I haven't even gotten to the point where I could talk about feelings yet. Gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> but that'll probably give me a heck more insight into that. There's also um, like family relationships and learning how it's apparently very important that you know how people are related to each other. And is it an older sister, an older brother, a younger brother, a younger sister? Who is this? Who is that? We are almost referring to everybody older as a grandma or a grandpa, or at least it seems that way in the anime and stuff that I've watched and some of the shows that I've seen. Um, that's interesting to me because we don't have that respect in this country, I think, for elderly people. Like if you call someone a grandpa or a grandma, like it's offensive. We have this huge youth culture and it's just like a loving, like, oh, hey, grandma, grandpa, how are you? Like, can I help you? That's what I'm hearing in this other language. So it's broadening my sense of the world and different ways of relating to people. And I just really enjoy it. So I want to share some of these techniques that have made learning languages faster for me. This is the hardest one I've ever tried because it's so completely different. It's a completely different alphabet. The writing system is different. The, the grammar is completely different. It's it's as opposite as could be. And I've before this studied romance languages where they are different from English, but I have a good handle on how those <laughs> sentence structures work and how the verb conjugation works in time and space and all of that. And I feel like it's fairly similar to English with some caveats, um, but this is different. And the ways that I've learned languages in the past, here are some great ones is, yes, learn new words, learn lots of vocab. But someone told me once, you know, one of the best things you can do is just pick a topic that you already know a lot about, and then go on YouTube and find a video explaining that topic for beginners in the language that you want to learn. Because you already know what they're talking about. And you're going to be able to hear how they're describing it. And you're going to pick up the words. You're going to pick up how they're speaking about it. And you'll just see what's going on. And it's like, oh, that's amazing. So you can do that and you can have the subtitles on or not. And I did that with French for a while where I was like, oh, I want to learn more about gardening. And at this point, I've completely forgotten what I gained from that experience. But when I was doing it, it was fun. It was fascinating. It was nice hearing a different cadence of the language. But that's part of it too, is that you're learning the cadence, how people actually speak, what is brought up when, when they're speaking to other people, how they address each other. And it's not theory anymore. Like you're actually seeing it. And when I spoke to the italki teachers, they're like, you know, it's important that if we're listening to something that's teaching you how to say a word, listen first, but then say it right after, and then say it at the same time as they're saying it so that you can get that same sense of flow and speed and inflection, and you're getting used to that pacing. So even if you're not great at it, you are getting more chances for your mouth to understand the shape of the word, for your brain to just go, oh, that's just how it is. You're hearing it and you're able to recognize it again when you hear it next time. So a very cool thing happened, um, I think right around Christmas or New Year's, 
that there was a Japanese film festival and my teacher said, Hey, you can watch these movies for free one time if you log in and make an account. And I was able to watch, I think I watched six or seven of the movies and it took me three movies in to realize that I could put English subtitles on there. But for the first three, I just watched and had no subtitles. And that made me have to pay attention and try to guess what was going on. So it was like, well, what if I was a little kid and I was trying to figure things out? Like you just go and stare at the TV and try to figure out what you think is happening. So I had some theories about what the movies were that I watched (laughs) and what I think happened versus not. And some things I couldn't figure out and some things I was surprised this is the cool thing. I was surprised at how much I actually could pick up. I could recognize when they were talking about a person or food. I actually watched a bunch about food because those were subjects that I was learning. I was like, oh, I know that they're talking about bread. They're talking about this. It seems that they're talking about joy. They're referring to each other. This is cool. Um, yeah. So it, it's delightful. And I know I'm going to do this again later on to just have a benchmark and go, okay, now it's been a few months and I've studied more and I have even more language. I have more things about numbers and time and um, things that we do like work. I'm learning all the different words for work and for our houses and stuff. Now, what can I pick up now? What can I recognize? And it's, it's fun. It's fun. So I think if you're trying to learn a new language and it's a struggle piling in lots of fun things to do with that language rather than just making it like you're taking a test is a way to get it faster. And I'd also say every day. I have not had a day where I haven't used my mouth to make Japanese words (laughs) and follow what I'm learning in Duolingo. I've downloaded um, different kanji apps and learning katakana and hiragana and I'm learning how to recognize them and maybe even how to write them. I've got it completely terrible, but I'm recognizing them more. So now I can actually much faster pick out the right word in the app every day, every day, hear it every day, speak it. And then if you can add something fun in. So I've started watching Japanese (laughs) reality TV shows just to hear like, how are people actually speaking? What are they actually doing? What is the pace? How are they using these words? What is it like when they're talking to people they don't know versus people that they live with? Because that's a big difference. And how do I know when that changes? And it's really, really fun. And doing that has helped me pick up words that aren't even in my app. Like I'm learning like Sigoi and like really, really fun things. (laughs) And my accent's terrible on this recording because I'm not immersed in it hearing it, but I get better and better the more I'm hearing it. Ah, yeah. So I wanted to share that with you because I think it's important if you have something that you're really wanting to learn and progress with making it fun, I think, and making it a game is a huge key. And having the ability to do it on a regular basis, being able to see that you're actually getting better, being able to, honestly, like if you're learning something like a language, find someone who's good at it and have a conversation with them to find out what you're missing and ask a question. That was huge for me at the beginning. Like, why are we saying these little words after these other words? And to have them point me very quickly to articles or just explain to me what 
these tiny words do because we don't have them in English. And now that I understand it, I'm like, oh, it's so easy. I know how to put together a sentence. And it would have taken me way longer than this year to figure it out if someone outside of an application hadn't just spoken to me and told me what the heck was going on. <laughs> oh, so I wish that you all have success at the hobbies or the interests that you're trying to learn or that you're just, I don't know, interested in expanding on, that you find ways to make it not a punishment. I guess that's the thing. You don't want to punish yourself with things you want to learn to make it kind of a joy or something that's just automatic. It's just something that you do. I have to say getting on my app every day doesn't necessarily feel fun for me. That's the, I checked it off my list and I immersed a little bit and I corrected some things and I remembered and heard some of the words again. But what's making learning the language better is adding in, I also, every few days, will watch an hour of Japanese TV and that lets me hear it and test it and see if I can recognize any of the words that I've learned in there and how they were used. And now it's become fun. And I'm also just observing culture. How fun. Mm. Have yourselves a marvelous week, my friends. Let me know if you're a language learner, if you're studying different languages, if you have tips for me. I find this stuff so, so fun, and I would love to hear your tips. All right. Have a great one, and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.